Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I'm back. (laughs) Good morning. And I'll say it with a comma. And Happy New Year! I'm sure that rattled your hungover head right there. Wasn't that nice just to hear that? Come on, you got to get up. Let's go, let's go. 2023 has already started. We're nine hours in. What are you doing? For the next two hours, I'll be here filling in for Dean Richards. But listen anyway. Jim Toronto with you here, Elton Jim. We are actually going to have a special guest a little later in the show. And if you're a fan of Dean Richards, hint, hint. But we're going to do some of the things that uh, Dean always does, as well as a little Elton Jim flavor here to kick off your Sunday morning and kick off your 2023. How's your head feeling right now? Are you still in your sweats? Are you still in your, uh, those pajamas that you got for Christmas? Whatever you're doing. Make sure you drink the last of that eggnog, because a lot of times the expiration date is right around now, so if uh, it's getting bad, no, there's eggs in that. It's, that's thus the name. It's right in the title, eggnog, so uh, don't let that stuff sit too long. What would New Year's Day be without this, right? So, Ryan and Andy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Yeah. Uh, Did you, uh, either of you or both of you, sing this or sway to this song about nine hours ago? I did not. You did not? No. No. My neighbors wanted to get me awake, though, with their bottle rockets. That uh, <laughs> yeah, they, we had... they, they seem to have uh, an extra supply of them that they use in January. You know, Chicago called off the uh, their, their fireworks that were down along the bridges like they did last year, but I think they, they did them in my neighborhood. Mine, too. <laughs> Holy cow. Personal displays. Yeah, Personal for, displays. for like 20 minutes, I was like hearing... You know, I'm, my dog. I'm yeah. hoping they were all fireworks. <laughs> I couldn't identify every pop I heard, but I'm pretty sure they were all fireworks. Now, were you both at home? Yeah, we were. I was at home. Uh, my wife and I went out a little earlier because this was your first New Year's, Andy, as a wedded man. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, so we went out for a little uh, little dinner. Came home and actually watched a movie. And what movie did you watch? We watched the uh, the sequel to uh, Knives Out. The oh, Glass yes. Onion. Yes, the Glass Onion. Yeah, not bad. Not yeah, that wasn't all. bad. I liked it. I saw it too. Still think the original might be a little bit better. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. My gosh, could they could they have put more stars in that movie? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was star studded. <laughs> oh my gosh, the worst star was still a star. Yeah, the lowest on the exactly. Total. And what does Orion Burrow do? Uh, sleep. <laughs> no, actually, my my social butterfly high school daughter had some friends to go hang out with, and my wife and son went to a, a party, and they said goodnight, Dad, and I went upstairs and flipped on a little bit of college football, and I needed to be bright and ready to go for this morning. Well, that's you know? the thing. I mean, you really, you know, you have to be somewhat responsible, sadly, and you couldn't go nuts. You know, you really couldn't. That's okay. I'll go nuts later today. As much as you wanted to. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was. I mean, I only got up at six o'clock. It wasn't too bad. But I mean, I didn't probably go to bed until two or two thirty or so. 
So uh, even though I mean I didn't go crazy, I was at home. But uh, but it's you know you, you got to come down. You got to come down. So are you looking forward to twenty twenty three? How was twenty? I mean, Andy, you got married, so this must have been a very. It's going to be a very special year for you. 2022. Yeah, twenty twenty two was a great year. Yeah, I got uh, got married. I got engaged toward the very end of twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a really good year. We're looking forward to twenty twenty three though. Well, hopefully, I mean, uh, uh, with well, I was thinking about this the other day, Andy, when I knew I was going to be on. Hmm? Would you say sports wise? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if you're old enough, but you certainly are aware. He's old enough. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. All the stories I tell, they used to be from thirty years ago. Now they're from forty years uh-huh. ago. <laughs> that tends to happen. Yeah. Um, would you say? And I'm not trying to start the year off on a negative note, okay. but, but I'm a realist. Would you say right now, given the the way all of our major sports teams are performing, would you say this is the worst they've been since the seventies, since the mid seventies? Collectively, perhaps. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, in, in seventy five, for instance, just take that. The Cubs were bad. The Sox were bad. The Hawks were on a down yep. after being good. The Bulls were s- sort of middling. Yeah. Um, but now everybody's in last place. Everybody's well, yeah. <laughs> except for the Sox. And the Bulls, the Bulls are kind of inconsistent right now. Yeah, but they've they've have uh, had a tough start to the twenty two twenty three season. Of course, there were a lot of expectations for the White Sox in twenty twenty two that didn't come to fruition. Right. You know, I, I would have to say, and the, the Cubs were probably the bright spot of twenty twenty two. If you want to really look, look at it, <laughs> they actually did better than everybody thought. They yeah, were. especially toward the end of the year. But when I mean, it didn't matter if you were in Chicago and you were a Chicago sports fan in the mid seventies. You know, people that are a little younger now, you don't, you know, there's, we've had a lot of championships in the last 40 years. Yes, we have. But before that, it was a barren wasteland. The, the, you know, the, the Blackhawks had, had won in, in the early 60s and the Bears won in the early 60s. And that was it. Until the Sting in 1980. Yeah, the Sting. Or 81. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they beat the Toronto Argonauts, I believe. And uh, I think that was a, a tape delayed broadcast. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even live. Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean that didn't. I mean everybody, you know, for about ten minutes, everybody was a soccer fan, right? Just like me, I was a soccer fan for two weeks this year. It seems to be the thing. <laughs> now that was fun in sports yeah. in twenty twenty two. Did you watch the the, I did. the World Cup final a couple weeks? Ago? I actually I did. I have never. I you know once again it, that's you know the whole. I mean I do remember Pele. Sadly, mm-hmm. you passed away. Right. I do remember. I used to have a you know a, a subscription to Sports Illustrated, and Pele was on the cover when they were, when they were first bringing uh, you know soccer to the United States to try to, um, to 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 bring it across to our shores. And uh, and the Sting, as you said, was a part of that mm-hmm. initial league with Karl Heinz Granitza and um, Willie Pato Marhedic, Pato Marhedic, and Willie Roy. Wasn't he the coach? Yeah. Willie Roy, yeah. Franz Matthew. I still remember those names. Rudy Glam with the big goal to win it. <laughs> That's right. But um, but. It was Chicago sports in the in the early seventies and mid seventies was a barren wasteland. I mean, it was uh, it, it, you just you didn't expect it. Now, thankfully, toward the end of the decade, the Bears finally made the playoffs. Uh, by the early eighties, the Cubs and the Sox both got into the playoffs, and then uh, in, in the early eighties as well, the Hawks started to get better. So things got better. So there is hope. But I was just looking at the standings now, and I'm saying, wow! But in terms of the of the soccer. I was watching it out of pure curiosity. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the World Cup was going on. And if it didn't get me hooked. I got to tell you, those names, too. I think that the kids are getting like Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe, and those names are starting to become a little more household in American uh, homes. Oh, there's no question. In fact, uh, my wife and I went to the Museum of Science and Industry a couple of days ago, and there was I saw three kids with Messi jerseys. 
you know, they weren't Blackhawk jerseys. They weren't Cub jerseys. They were messy jerseys. So that might say something. Andy, the only question I have is you being the sports expert. Yes. What is with the clock? Oh, I, see, that drives I, me nuts. I cannot <clears throat> that drives me crazy. get my hands around this. These the, the, the clock just keeps running. They stall. They take 20 minutes after they score a goal. They, they don't rush when the ball is out of bounds. They just sort of take their time. When anybody even gets a hint of being hurt, they go down like they got shot by a machine gun, yep. and they're down for 20 minutes, the trainers come out, and the clock is still running! And, that, and then you have the added time, the penalty time at the end, or yeah. stoppage time. But even that... you got to understand soccer's theater, man. It's, well, it's theater. Well, You're on a stage. Well, that's what I'm Sell reading. It. That's what I'm reading. But to me, you, you can still stop the clock, and, and the theater... You know, there's intermissions in theater. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, it just drives me crazy because that has to be a stall tactic, right? Well, yeah, and you'll notice too that the referee will never blow the whistle to end the game or end the yeah. half when there's a rush going on. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's all. It's not until all of a sudden the play settles <laughs> that the whistle gets blown. It, it, there doesn't seem to be any real rules. It seems like we're playing outside, even but the whole world is watching. It's like it's a pickup game, but the whole world is watching, and I and it drives me crazy because. I'm very anal, and so to me, I mean, I want, you know, because even the, the announcers, do they even know how much time they're going to add on, or is that a, a surprise? It's a surprise, I think. <laughs> because they go, oh, it's seven minutes. Yeah, plus Every- eight, plus nine. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, did you see how specific some of the, 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 the video that they get now to see if someone's offside? I mean, oh, for, yeah, well, for a sport that doesn't seem to care so much about time, they know if an arm is in the wrong place to, yeah, to call it, someone offside. Yeah, but explain offsides to me. Because <laughs> I was trying, I, I had I had my television on, on 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 pause, trying to figure out what was offside, and even the announcers don't know what's offside. But I did get into it, and I I know some names. I know D, uh, D Maria. I know Messi, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, uh, Olivier Guard. Is that his name, the French guy? Just say it with confidence. Yeah, exactly. That's how we do it. So I tell you, I um, I watched it initially because it was on it, always on at odd times. So that was cool. It was on in the winter when you're kind of hibernating. But I'll have to tell you, I watched. I never in my in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would have watched a soccer game from beginning to end. But I did watch that final game from beginning to end, and I was screaming and jumping just like if I was watching any kind of sports team that I that was one of my favorites. So they hooked me. Now, the next soccer game I watch will probably be in 2026, but at least I did enjoy the sport. We got the Women's World Cup coming up <laughs> here. So, you can, you know, U.S. is very good in the Women's World <laughs> yeah. Cup, so hopefully you can get into that. Yeah, that was a highlight, and we'll talk about that throughout the show, but it's nice to, uh, to spend some time here with Ryan and, uh, and Andy. Um, Dean, I don't know where Dean is. Dean was not working last night. If you no, know that's right. Yeah, Dean was not on Channel 9. He usually is on Channel 9 doing one of the shows. I was disappointed. Um, you know, I, I turned on Channel 7, and I saw Cheryl Scott and Terrell Brown doing their dance thing, and I was hoping at least that um, Tom Skilling and Micah would be doing their dance, but I didn't see that, and I didn't see Dean with his, any of his hats. So we're going to talk to Dean a little while, uh, in a little while later in the show. To see what a Dean Richards does when he's not on television, which is not very often. And uh, we're also going to talk, as we always do, to uh, Dr. Kevin Most, kind of round up 
what uh, 2022 was in terms of COVID and health, and what are some of the things that we look forward to in our battle with COVID in 2023, as well as other health issues, and a whole bunch more. Elton Jim stuff, you know, you're here. Sit back, relax. It's my job to entertain you. It's the first day. Jim Toronto, Elton Jim, filling in for Dean Richards this morning. But listen, anyway, uh, we've got somebody on the line here that wants to uh, correct uh, Andy. Right off the bat, Andy. You're starting off the new year already. Somebody correcting you. Good morning, Jimmy. Welcome. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Andy, I actually remember uh, Jimmy from Steger, buddy. I'm glad to speak to you guys. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hey, just a little correction and a little great info you guys might not know. Andy was right. The game was on tape delay with the Sting in 1981. We were furious being Sting fans, but we won the game. They beat the New York Cosmos, Cosmos yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. The, the new, it wasn't what, no, the New York Cosmos was, what team was Pele? Pele was on that team, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Pele, Pele had retired already, but they still had Giorgio Canaglia, Franz Beckenbauer, Steve Moyer, Steve Hunt, Carlos Alberto. They were an all-star game. They were phenomenal. But. Here's the cool thing about that game, too. It was on take away anywhere. We watched it the next day. We, we knew we won. It was cool to watch. But Kenny Stern and Howard Balson were the Sting's main announcers. WGN Radio picked it up, and Roy Leonard, also WGN, picked it up, and he hosted a post and pregame show that day. You guys definitely have that on your archives. Roy wow. Leonard was a and huge soccer fan. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I think where I got confused was that uh, yeah the Argonauts were the CFL team. Yeah, they were a Canadian. I I I, I when I heard that I didn't want to I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, it was like, I got, that's, the, that's the football team. I, I knew the game was in Toronto. That's what that's what kind of messed me up. I forgot it was the Cosmos. Oh, so the game was in Toronto, yeah. even though the the Chicago and the Cosmos were playing. Sure, they had the Soccer Bowl '81. Oh, interesting. Andy's used up his one mistake for the year. <laughs> I know. Thanks <laughs> a lot, Jimmy. One. Thanks. Thanks for Mulligan checking. Used. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Happy New Year, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Wow, Mister, did you hear him rattle off the names hey. of the New York Cosmos? Hey, look, you know, it's the, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you if you're into it, you're really into it. And it's the same thing. I mean, there, there are people that probably remember, uh, you know, the, the Chicago Fire of the uh, old World Football League right. and the Chicago the Cougars and of the, the World, the Cougars, the World Hockey League, the Blitz of the, the USFL. Blitz. I mean, hey, if you're into it, you're into it. Yeah, the Cougars were, I mean, the Cougars had a lot of ex-Hawks, uh, Pat Stapleton, Pat Whitey Stapleton, Stapleton yeah. Bill White. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Whitey Stapleton was actually the player coach at that time. I think he was. Yeah. At the old amphitheater. That, exactly. So, well, you know what? Uh, as, you saw, as you hear, uh, Ryan Burrow is doing our news today. Instead of Dave Schwan, I looked on Facebook and I noticed that uh, Dave seems to be traveling. In fact, I saw on his Facebook page, he went to see A Christmas Carol at the Ford's Theater. Oh, yeah. The same theater where uh, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, and he saw a play there. I've been there, but I never saw a play there. That must have been pretty cool. He, so He told me before he left, he's like, Ryan, I don't know how I'm going to be able to focus on the show when I'm going right. to be looking up at that, at that area It is very strange. The when you're in there, it's, it's a very eerie kind of thing to think what did happen, and you see the... The, the 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 distance between the the, the royal box or not the royal box but the presidential box and you know um what's his name i'm sorry now i'm losing the, what's 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 the, the where, uh, where booth, booth came in yeah. and and where yeah. lincoln was sitting yeah, when, and... booth, when booth shot him he went through yeah. the booth no pun intended and then jumped and and he actually broke his leg when he jumped cuz he got his boot uh, clipped on the uh, on the flags <laughs> And if you get a chance, you can go across the street to where they brought yes, Lincoln. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen the bed. That small, tiny oh, bed where yeah. they try to get his six-foot-four frame exactly. or whatever into it. Yeah. But when you see the distance between where the box is and the stage, you could see why somebody would break their leg. I mean, it, it's very cool. But to see a play there must have been kind of neat. But what I did want to do, so people who listen to Dean on a regular basis don't get all discombobulated because Dean isn't here, uh, guess what I put together? <laughs> 
Aha! Yeah! I put... I put together my own... Far, uh, far flung, blah, watch that. <laughs> far flung forecast. So let me uh, let me start. Today's far flung forecast takes us to the town of Alloway, Scotland, which is just two miles south of Ayr, located on the River Dune. In fact, it's the home of the Brigadoon, a famous bridge used as the setting for the famous poem Tam O'Shanter which is written by the famous Scottish poet Robert Burns. Robert Burns also wrote the lyrics to a song that many of us, although not Ryan and Andy, uh, sang early this morning at the stroke of midnight. Robert Burns was also the author of the New Year's tradition, Auld Lang Syne. Burns wrote the poem in 1788 and 1799. It was put to the music of a traditional Scottish folk song. The term Auld Lang Syne can be trans- translated from Scottish to old long since or days gone by. And it began to be sung at events like weddings and funerals and graduations and any kind of thing that sort of was an ending of something. In 1929, Guy Lombardo, of course, uh, with his Royal Canadians, Uh, made it very popular on the radio, and it became a New Year's Eve tradition. And in fact, I was watching CNN's uh, when the ball dropped in New York, and they played this, a little snippet of it, right after the ball dropped, and it's played every year in Times Square. Alloway, the home of Robert Burns, who wrote Auld Lang Syne, has a population of 4,245 people, and today's temperature in Alloway, Scotland, is 42 degrees. And so that is the far-flung forecast for January 1st, 2023. Jim Toronto with you here at WGN, 7.20 a.m. Happy New Year! Happy Sunday! Elton Jim filling in for Dean Richards this morning, but listen anyway. Dean may not be here in body and voice, but he is here in spirit, and so are some of the people that you hear every week with him. Like Dr. Kevin Most. Happy New Year, Dr. Kevin. Jim Toronto, how are you doing? I hope you're having a great start to the new year. I am because I'm in the exact place that I love to be. Behind a microphone on WGN. So I'm starting the year. If the year goes as well as today, being at the exact spot I love to be at, oh my gosh. For me, it's a great way to start. Did you have a. uh, You don't have. I'm sorry. You don't have to listen to Dean today. You get to do whatever you want. That's right. Listen anyway. (laughs) Listen anyway. Did you have a good uh, New Year's Eve? Uh, Very low key. Not a big New Year's Eve person, so very low key and just took it easy at home. Yeah, that's exactly uh, exactly, exactly what I did. Uh, I wanted to have you on because certainly uh, on this day of the the first day of a new year, we get a chance to to take a look back. It's a unique time. We get a chance to take a look back and take a look forward. What had happened and what we hope will happen uh, over the next 12 months. So... uh, Usually, you're uh, over uh, certainly over the last now, sadly, almost three years. We're coming on three years for COVID, right? Yeah, yep, wow. yep. Did you ever think 
that it was going to be this long in in your heart of hearts before when you when it first broke did you think in 2023 you would still be talking about it no i you know when it first started i thought this was going to be a year year and a half and it was going to run its course and then fall back out but boy it certainly has proved me wrong and it looks like it's going to be with us for the long haul now so when you take a look back at 2022, a year ago right now, if you remember, I know it's been a while, but it's, it's hard to think about it now because we've, we've really changed our whole view in terms of, of a society. You, you see some masks, but you don't. We've got vaccines. But right around now, we were still kind of in a, uh, in a limbo uh, we had just gotten the vaccines. Uh, there was a lot of debate about that. And we were actually beginning to open things up a little more. Uh, masks being off, a little more socialization. Um, when you look back at 2022, how do you think we did in terms of uh, dealing with, and I, I would even use the word battling, COVID for another year? How do you think 2022 did? Well, I, I think it's interesting the way you ask the question because... It's how did we do or how did COVID do? Ah, uh, yeah, so I think well, yeah, very good, very good distinction. That's why yeah. you're such a good doctor. Uh, yeah, how did we? That's a good question. We know how COVID did. It didn't. It it, it did just fine. <laughs> but, Correct. But how did we do? How did we do? Well, we did okay. You know, I think people got. You know, the unfortunate thing is, I think we got complacent with some of our mitigation strategies, and that allowed some subvariants to continue to spread. We didn't encourage, or I shouldn't say we didn't, we didn't embrace uh, the vaccine probably as high as we really could have and should have uh, by the time we got to boosters, you know, in the fall. So we probably slipped a little bit there. But overall, if you think about, you know, hospitalizations right now, we, we monitor all our hospitalizations. We have about 15, 20 patients, uh, COVID patients in the hospital last week um, compared to well over 100, you know, at this time last year. So Certainly, the change in COVID with some of the learnings that we had certainly made for a much better year than it could have been. So now, even though there is certainly a much lower level of, uh, of the population, especially here in the United States, that got triple boosted, which is unfortunate, I, that, that percentage is still very low. Um, everybody, I mean, I went to the Museum of Science and Industry a couple of days ago. I had a mask on. My wife had a mask on. My friend that we went with had a mask on. But we were certainly in the minority. Um, we are, we got together for, I mean, now the holidays are, are officially done, I would, to, to some extent. So uh, are you expecting another surge? Should we expect a surge or, or not? Yeah. Unfortunately, I think we're going to. Um, and it's going to be how big is the surge. So right now, if you look at the subvariants, we keep talking about the variants. If you remember, gosh, we had Delta and Omicron and now... Now we have the newest variant is something called XBB, and it is in high numbers. When I say high numbers, it's making up about 20% of the cases across the country, much higher in the Northeast, very contagious, not as virulent. So in other words, it's not causing as much major disease, but it's certainly allowing itself to spread. With the combination of the travel debacle that we had and the holiday at the same time, I think we're going to see a bump here. I think we're going to see a, a XBB kind of go across the country a little bit quicker than we thought it would. And unfortunately, you know, like you said, people not getting that, that booster that was specific for, you know, BA4, BA5, uh, we're probably going to see that spread. And it'll probably hurt just a little bit. But more in the outpatient world, 
than it will be in the hospitalized uh, uh, constituents. And would you uh, foresee uh, a a fourth booster? I mean, you we've know, got the, we we only have think, the third, but <laughs> correct. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But I think what you're going to see is that next year in the fall that we're going to be looking at a, a shot that is going to be influenza as well as whatever COVID subvariant is going around here in the next couple of months. Because you yeah, remember, for the influenza shot, we decide in February, March, what that vaccine is going to be made up of. So we would do the same with this, similar to what we did with BA4 and BA5 for the booster. That was the predominant strain. That's the booster. So I think you're going to get to it, and it's going to be more of an annual shot because of the amount of people that do have vaccine fatigue right now. And what about uh, any, do you, you foresee any increased um, treatments in terms of uh, any kind of, uh, you know, medications that we might be able to take? Yeah, yeah, that's a really, um, when we look at medications, we were so successful with the monoclonal antibodies that it really saved a lot of people's lives. Much more mild and really treated not only hospitalized patients, but ambulatory patients. Well, all of those drugs which we developed over the past year and a half don't work anymore. So -hmm. those drugs are gone. So Paxlovid is still working. That's the pills that you take. But getting the infusion of the monoclonal antibodies, monoclonal meaning very specific for whatever strain, with this new strain, those drugs don't work anymore. So what are we doing now? We're looking to reposition those drugs with the new strain so that they will work. But we're in a little bit of a bind right now because of the change in the variant just recently over the past, you know, three months. So you do foresee this, uh, as you said, you would expect to have a, uh, a vaccine that would uh, be a combination of the flu and COVID. Um, even though you may have thought that COVID was going, going to last uh, maybe a year and a half, uh, would you say 2024, 2025, or would you say... COVID is here just like the flu. Yep. COVID's here just like the flu. Wow. So no, no end date. No it, end date. No end date. No. Wow. It has shown us that it can change as much as influenza can change. But fortunately, the interesting thing with viruses is when they change, the goal of a virus, obviously, is to live and multiply. Well, if it was a very strong virus and it killed its host, in other words, caused death, it, it decreases its spread, its possibility to spread. So viruses are just like Darwinism at the fi- its finest. You know What it is is I can spread, I can continue to spread, and it is because the people that I'm getting sick aren't so sick to go into the hospital. They're still out in the public. And I think that's exactly what we see with influenza each year, and we're going to see that exactly with COVID. You're going to start to see more cases. They're not going to be as virulent, but we really are going to have to work on making sure that the immunocompromised and those individuals who are borderline seniors and diabetics and heart disease, those are the people we're still going to have to make sure we protect from even a mild illness can cause major uh, discomfort. 312-981-7200 if you have a, uh, a question for Dr. Most. Brian, did you have a question? Yeah, actually I did, and, and I don't know. This is just something that people talk about when you see these deaths of celebrities all at the same time. We had Pele, we had Pope Benedict, we had Barbara Walters, we had Anita Pointer, all seemed to die within four days. Is there something about this time of year? Um, then obviously they all were of higher age and, and deteriorating health, but is there something about this time of year uh, that tends to, to bring out more cases of death 
Well, it's interesting. You know, when we look at the holidays, we certainly see an increase in heart disease and strokes. Now, if you look at all these individuals and the, the, the causes for their death, um, very wide, you know, wide array of causes. But certainly we do see increases in stroke and heart attacks around this time of the year. Shoveling snow causes more heart attacks. The stress of just anxiety of what's going on around the holidays certainly causes more heart attacks and strokes. So from a cardiovascular point of view, absolutely we see a bump at this time of the year. Um, but uh, the celebrities that passed, I think, you know, probably one of the biggest things I always look at with celebrities' deaths is it increases the awareness of an individual of what disease they may have had and what support we can give those diseases as far as research. So it allows us to highlight, you know, if someone passes away from Alzheimer's, okay, that's another reason, you guys, that we need to find a cure for this. We need to find the basis for it. And it's just a reminder for us to continue to not only know what can we do to protect ourselves, what can we do to potentially come up with, you know, a, a treatment and a solution to the illnesses. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. We have Dr. Kevin Most as he is a regular fixture on Dean's show every uh, Sunday. When we come back from the break, um, I wanted to talk about something that you had mentioned. We were, we were going back and forth with emails this week. You were talking about resolutions because, of course, this is the time we all make resolutions. But And we all know historically that those don't last more than maybe, uh, what, maybe eight weeks or so. I, I, I saw or heard somewhere by February most people have dropped all their resolutions, whether it was to lose weight or quit smoking, blah, blah, blah. But what I liked was this term that you came up with, which instead of making these big, broad, maybe difficult resolutions that are life-changing and are almost doomed to fail because they're way too ambitious, you've come up with a term, I've never heard this before, a micro-resolution. Yeah, Jim, I think, you know, you, you, you teed it up really well there. You know, we look at the people that say, I am going to do X, Y, or Z, and it's something that we often will say something, but really don't have a foundation of how we're going to get to that point. I'm going to lose 25 pounds by this date. And certainly when we do that, uh, we set ourselves up for failure. When you set yourself up for failure, then you get discouraged. So I do, you know, and I think we'll, we'll talk after the yeah. break if you want about, about the Yeah, I really, because I think that's, a, that's actually a really helpful kind of guidance and tip um, because everybody does, as I said before, we're in an interesting, today is an interesting day. We get to look forward as well as look back. And so you want to look back at the past year and, and see what, what, what went right and also maybe what went wrong. And you want to improve on that. And, and, uh, and you look to the new year with optimism. And so uh, let's not set ourselves up for uh, predestined failure. I like this idea. We're going to talk about micro resolutions right after this. No switching. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. Happy New Year. Happy Sunday. On the phone, we have Dr. Kevin Most talking about uh, health issues for the coming year. And we were talking about resolutions. And uh, you mentioned a very interesting uh, kind of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of a subtopic here about resolutions. The idea of a micro Resolution. So what would you consider is a micro-resolution? Yeah, Jim, I think, you know, people jump into resolutions and they say, I am going to quit something or I am going to, you know, start exercising every day and, or join a health club. 
And we have to look at those and say, like you said earlier, you know, 90% of resolutions are gone by the end of February. <clears throat> so I, what I tell people and I tell patients are, you know, break it up into small bits. You can do something for a month and do that thing for a month. And I'm, I'm a big person on adding something healthy instead of trying to subtract things. But, you know, if you say, hey, you know what, uh, instead of watching the news at night, I am going to go take a walk with my spouse around the block. I'm going to walk for 30 minutes and I do it every day for 30 days. That's not too hard to do. You just kind of set your mind to it and you do it. 30 days? Absolutely, I can do it. You can cross that off. If you said, hey, I'm going to exercise for two hours every day for the rest of the year, we know that that fails. So really just kind of picking some things that you know you can do for 30 days. And I'll tell you, after you do them for 30 days, you'll find that some of those will stay on. Maybe you won't go for a walk every day after dinner, but you certainly will remember how nice that was and how conversation you had and how good you felt. And maybe you'll do it seven times or 10 times a month. So the micro resolutions, and there's a bunch of them that you can think of, you know, really will have an impact on your health and are sustainable and something that you can reach. So it's not a point of failure where you feel embarrassed and you feel discouraged. You actually feel the sense of accomplishment at the end of the month. When you talk about a, a micro resolution, um, is there um, some type of a, I've always heard some stories that a certain period of time goes by and it becomes, it goes from being a, 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 a an odd behavior into suddenly a habit. Is there a certain time period where, where we uh, begin to take something, add it into our daily routine? And then suddenly it may be different. And then if we do it on a regular basis, as you're recommending, it all of a sudden becomes second nature. Is there is there is it individually everybody's different or do you know of any kind of a time period where if you do a repeated action, it becomes more natural to you? Yeah. And if you look at psychology, it's somewhere between 30 and 50 days of doing it consistently. But also there's a bunch of caveats. Is it painful to do and you're just trying to reach that end? Is it joyful to do and you're going to sustain it? So, you know, that 30 to 50 day is probably the biggest thing. Now, I also look and say, make sure you have balance. Don't try to do them all based on diet. You know, one I always tell people to do is, you know what? Stop fast food for one month. Don't go to McDonald's, the Portillo. Sorry, you guys, whoever's listening. But quit that for one month. Oh, yeah, but that beef sandwich. Oh, but that, yeah, but, but Dr. Most, that beef sandwich. Oh, I know. My God. Oh. I know. Oh. Yeah. But you get you, you do you do that sacrifice, you get that sense of doing it. I'll tell you, you're gonna find out that you're gonna have a few extra dollars in your pocket and you're also gonna find that you probably lost a little bit of weight. So, you know, but don't do all of them. Don't say, Oh, now I'm gonna stop desserts. You know, get some balance, get some food ones, get some exercise, get some financial ones, get some mind uh, you know, whether it's Sudoku or crossword puzzles. So try to balance them out so they're not all towards weight or all towards exercise. You balance them out, and you, I assure you, you could be successful at any one of them. But what's interesting is that you that same kind of uh, time period, you said, say, 30 to, to 50 days, is, is basically what you were just describing earlier in terms of, you know, pick do it for a month, every day for a month. Well, there's your 30 days. So, so actually, if, uh, if you take your advice... Uh, you're sort of on your way to make from making this uh, this new uh, behavior. Uh, you're you're certainly on your way at least to making it into a to a regular part of your routine and a habit. 
where you don't even think about it. It becomes, it becomes a part of your schedule of the day, not something that you have to crowbar in. Correct. That's absolutely it. That 30 days makes it sustainable. But like I said, you know, if you're going to say, hey, for 30 days, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes every day after dinner. After that month, you have that sense of I did this. Now, you may not continue it every day, but you may do it three days a week. You may do it four days a week. You may do it during the summer. You know, it's so at least it's in the back of your mind of this sense of I accomplished something. It was good for my health. And, you know, I don't have to do it every day, but I'm certainly going to do it three times a month, four times a month, five times a month. And then in theory, to your point, then you can also come up with 12 micro resolutions instead of this one big, uh, you know, dramatic, overwhelming one. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in three months. Um, you can, to your point, you can do this little 30 day one and you can achieve it. And there's, I love lists. First of all, in my, I love to make a list. I make a daily list every day and I enjoy as much as the partaking of the behavior. I love being able to put a check mark or crossing out the line of my list. So you can make 12 mini resolutions and every month have a new one and then You've completed that, and you've got 12 new behaviors that you never did before. Correct. Yeah. And what you just said, think about that. Even with your daily list that you make, you get this great feeling of, I accomplished this. Oh, I love it. I this off my list. I got it done. Love it. Think about those individuals who accomplished something for 30 days, and boy, they feel good about it. They're going to share that with others. You're going to say, hey, you know what? For the last 30 days, I walked 30 minutes at, you know, after dinner every night with my spouse. It was great. You know, we talked about things we never had the opportunity to talk about. We, you know, I just look at some of these and say, some are additions, some are subtractions, right? Okay, you're going to take away desserts for a month. Uh, Okay, great. But then also, you know, add some in. You know, I'm I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to learn three new words from a foreign language every day for a month. And at the end of the month, I'm going to know 100 words in a different language. Muy bien. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty easy to do. And at the end, of, you know, you have this sense of accomplishment and you've done something that has challenged your brain. So I look at foreign languages, Sudoku, crossword puzzles, those, you know, mind teasers. Do you do Wordle, that's doctor? Great. Do you do Wordle? I am not. I do not. I don't do that either. Everybody's Wordling around me. I don't Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> but that would be but but wordling would be something that falls into that category, right? Like a like a crossword puzzle or something like that. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and the competitions with Wordle are kind of fun as well. And and I and, and I don't want this to be a competitive thing because this should not be you competing against someone else, but I can tell you that it is often great to share whatever you're going to do with others because they will be supportive of you. Real quick. Say, hey, how's that how's that walk? How's that walk after dinner? How are how are you doing with X, Y, or Z? And it's just that reinforcement of they remembered it and you are still on that sense of accomplishment. Real quick, if you had your crystal ball for twenty twenty three, what would you what would you expect or or could you make a prediction? Is this a crazy question to uh what might be a, a big health uh, topic or issue that we might be dealing with in twenty twenty three or or is, is that just impossible to predict? No, I, I think you're going to see some huge advancements in cancer care. And I would look at immunotherapy. We talk about vaccines and the mRNA vaccines and how everybody's kind of felt they were rushed to the front with COVID. 
I think you're going to see that we are going to have more vaccines that are going to attack cancer, not just viruses. Ah, well, that's Look uh, for that. that is great news. Dr. Kevin Most, thank you so much for taking time out on a holiday uh, on New Year's Day. Happy New Year uh, and hope to talk to you soon. Jim Toronto with you here this morning. Elton Jim at WGN 720. Filling in for Dean Richards, but listen anyway. Because Dean is never really too far away. Oh, sure, he may not be here physically. But he is here on the phone. Happy New Year, Dean Richards. Happy New Year to you and to, to everybody. How you feeling this morning? You sound a little, uh, a little croaky. <laughs> well, you sound a little croaky too. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I turned on Channel Nine yesterday. All I saw was uh, was an episode of uh, uh, Three Men. What is it? Uh, two and a half men and, and mom. Men, yeah, and yeah, mom. Uh, there's no better way to ring in the new year, in my opinion, than with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I was waiting for a Dean Richards. I was waiting for fireworks along the uh, the bridges like last year. I was waiting for you right. to have some kind of a, a hat on. I was right. wanted to see your annual kiss with Anna Balaval. And uh, I'm looking at uh, Allison and Janney. Nothing wrong with that. She's not on that show. But No, she's on uh, Mom. Mom was on at midnight. Oh, mom was on at midnight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. The, well, the reason that I'm not there doing the show, t- the radio show today, yeah, is because I was supposed to be doing a New Year's countdown show on WGN TV last night. All that was scheduled to go for quite a long time, and then, uh, as I understand it, the city of Chicago canceled the fireworks along the river, which was actually really cool last year to have these fireworks going off at different locations, basically along the uh, Riverwalk downtown. Uh, They canceled it. I don't really know the official reason why, but they did. And, you know, our, you know, my understanding is that our, our feeling was that if there's no fireworks along the river, is there really any need to uh, do a countdown show? There's a million of them. And, uh, you know, God knows we'll never match that Channel 7 dancing that they oh, do. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because, I, I mean, I, you know, you know me. I, I, I'm always a half-full guy. And, uh, and, I, and I rarely say, uh, you know, critical things of anybody. I'm so positive. You always say critical things of everybody. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I did, this really? I'm so glad that you brought it up because I didn't... This? Did you? I mean, I mean, I know. I mean, I, I mean, I would. I mean, I, I remember back in the seventies and eighties, Bill Curtis and Walter Jacobson always did a big dance routine um, on right. Channel Two uh, on and New Year's John, Eve. John Coughlin, would, yeah, right. uh, often, uh, you know, a dance with people. Yeah, at State and Randolph. Yeah, right? I mean, so so clearly, what Channel Seven's doing is not a new tradition. But uh, you know, because Bill, Bill and Walter used to do that, and I think, uh, I think even Fahey Flynn and Joel Daly used to do it. Well, they would dance, uh, you know, nightly. Uh-huh. They didn't call it happy talk news for nothing. <laughs> but wow! Um, so I don't know if if uh, if that. I mean, I, so I, I did you not did you not like their dancing on Channel Seven? I mean, well, I don't. I mean, was that serious or was that a joke? It's 
serious. They're, wow. they're good dancers. Oh, well, I mean, so you, you so you, you thought that was so you want your you want your your anchor and your weather person. Do I want to see a Tom Skilling and a Micah uh, doing a dance? I do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I, I never, I could, I swear, I never saw Bill Frank and Roger Treemstra ever do that. Well, that's very true. <laughs> that doesn't make it wrong, though. So was that was that a takeoff on Night at the Museum? What was going on there? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, the, the, you know they they've been doing these big elaborate dance numbers. So they're, uh, you know, I'm I'm busy in the morning on WGN TV morning news, <laughs> the number one rated morning news by far. Ding for ding! Like thirteen, fourteen years. So honestly, is it Terrell and Cheryl? Is is that yeah, Cheryl and I think it's Terrell. Cheryl and Terrell. <laughs> Cheryl and Terrell. I think it might be Terrell. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> But uh, you know they they worked hard. Those those choreographed dance numbers are well, I, very look, difficult to do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them props. No, there's no question. There's no question. They're very good dancers. I just under. I would love because to because here, here's the thing. If we on the WGN TV morning news <laughs> attempted to do something like that, it would look like a like uh, you know a, a play gone bad at Soldier Field with the Bears. And everybody piled on top of each other. Well, uh, I, I see. Know, just, I just see a complete a complete mess because we don't have that kind of concentration. I see Larry Potash wearing a Michael Jackson red uh, leather jacket and doing Thriller. Look, Michael uh, uh, Larry Larry's in a cast right now because he hurt himself playing basketball. He'd be in like a full body cast if he tried to do uh, a full dance number. I mean, look, there's no question. Uh, they're, they're, they're very good dancers. It, it, they, 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 they've got, it looks like they've got a dance troupe that they, like a big, like big mob thing, you know, like dance, the, the they have a, they have flash a dance mob. company. I, yeah. I saw them thanking their dance company for, but, so, you know, good, good for them. But, I, but uh, I, I guess I would like to have been in the pitch meeting. When they first brought this concept up, don't forget, Channel 7 used to, we used to, we used to um, love to see the Janet Davies, Mark Greco kiss. Right. That was the highlight. But I would love to have been in that first pitch meeting a few years ago, because now, like you said, this is a, a, a yearly event. So did Cheryl or Terrell go up to the news director? And I think sa- it's Terrell. Terrell. <laughs> 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 It just rhymes. It sounds better. Cheryl and Terrell. I, I like it. It's a better alliteration. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I like it. But, it, but I believe okay. the man's name is Terrell. Okay, whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> no. but, um, but I would love to have been in that first pitch meeting when they said, uh, hi, um, you know, on New Year's Eve, can, um, can I dress in spandex and, and, and dance? And they said, yes. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I just I wonder I, you know, I just wonder I, where the line it's is. It's fun, you know. No, nobody was harmed. It was it was fun. Did you see Roz uh, Varon? Roz Roz Varon did it. Yeah, she I, was I danced, dancing with uh, the, with the Cubs mascot. I saw. Uh, I you know I was flipping around because I, I just stayed home. I did not want to be part of any going out on on New Year's Eve. That's it's. Uh, I've said a million times. It's the worst night of the year to go out for dinner. It's the worst night of the year to go out, you know, to for drinks or you know whatever. I know people like to uh, celebrate, but uh, I can't stand it. Well, it's, after it's too crowded, it's too expensive. It's, it's just the whole deal. So, I uh, watched. 
I just flipped around, and I, you know, normally I can't because we we've done a our own countdown show right. for many years. So normally I, I don't get to to watch Anderson Cooper wow. and Andy Cohn on CNN. Okay, that's another uh, one. They needed. They needed. I mean, I, they needed to get drunk. They need <laughs> Kathy Griffin back. Yeah, they need. Very polar, yeah, but yeah. Kathy Griffin is what made that countdown show on CNN hilarious. Yeah, they need something because wow, that yeah. was not in, that was. I mean, and, and the whole New York crowd. The one thing that I found interesting is they're going to have to revamp for Times Square. Not so much the TV show. I think they need to revamp that somehow. But uh, the CNN one. But um, you know, when once once the ball drops in Times Square, they immediately play. Uh, Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, and then after right. that they played Ray Charles's America the Beautiful, and then after right. that they played Louis Armstrong's Wonderful World. And the thing is, the crowd now is so young. If you looked at the crowd shots, that cr- they didn't when, when New York, New York came on. The, the kids, t- I mean, I sound like I'm a hundred, but they don't know even know how to sway. This is not their music. They th- that's like us listening to Rudy Valley. You know, so I, not, that's not untrue. I mean, yeah, I noticed it uh, on the Ryan Seacrest, uh, Dick, Dick Clark, uh, <laughs> Rocket Rock New Year's. Isn't that Eve. the Dick Clark, Dean Richards, Ryan Seacrest? I mean, who? Every, there's 50 <laughs> names on that. Anyone who's well, you know, they're paying tribute to Dick Clark, which is you know nice. But you know, half of the artists. I, I report on entertainment. I didn't know who half the performers oh. were because it's geared to a much younger audience. Oh my gosh, half! The, and the people who were, you know, who were there. I'm not saying it's, you know, good or bad. I, I enjoyed some of the new groups and some of the new perform performers. But uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's clearly clearly different. And uh, CBS had a, a country music countdown, which was a nice uh, addition. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot to to watch last night uh, uh, of the different uh, countdown shows. Nothing will ever top uh, John Drummond uh, out on the street <laughs> and people accosting him and him <laughs> pushing, pushing them back. They get very okay. mad when their team those doesn't were, win. Those were my favorite. When they fuck uh, hold of a tramp steamer. Shows. But I, I uh, you know, I, you know, maybe maybe next year we'll... Uh, you know, do another countdown show. I got to say, I didn't mind uh, not being in a crowd of people. So, well, I picture, was... I picture a Dean Richards, uh, as you said, you 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 did it kind of, uh, you know, low key. Stay I home. yeah, I picture home made a nice dinner. Yeah. yeah, I picture a Dean Richards with a nice smoking jacket on. Right, right. Maybe you like to picture me in a smoking jacket. <laughs> You've mentioned that many yeah. times. Nice smoking jacket, a nice like some some nice uh, you know silk pajamas underneath, and then right. you've got the martini, and you've got maybe a little yeah. Cole Porter on the background, or maybe you've even got somebody over playing the piano. Maybe Michael, uh, you know, oh. you know, uh, is playing the piano, and then in the background, you're very. I see. I see you having a very sophisticated Playboy after dark New Year's. Elegant, yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's quite uh, different from what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's got Dean's got old sweats with a hole in them. He's got a t-shirt <laughs> <Is> with that. <laughs> oh, oh, see, there you go. <laughs> um, no, I made a I made a a, a nice. Uh, I had I had some nice fillets oh, nice. Uh, that I uh, I cooked up that were delicious and. 
I made uh, sort of a Greek-style vegetable uh, casserole with uh, eggplant and zucchini and potatoes, and it's called briami. Uh, It was nice and delicious and nice and fresh and a nice uh, Greek village salad. And it was a nice, uh, lovely dinner and got to enjoy some ridiculous television. Very good. And so that's basically what I didn't have. I didn't have as big of a spread as you did, but that's basically what we did. We just sort of took it easy, had some nice... uh, some nice food, a nice little wine, had a little fire going, and watched all the shows. I've been hooked on uh, a West Wing marathon that's been on for three days on, uh, on one of the stations, so I've been having a ball. Jim Toronto here, filling in for Dean Richards. And speaking of Dean... Well, using the Sunday morning theme song that's your quite th- a bit. That's your theme. That's your, yeah. that's your song. I guess so. This is all very well scripted. I'm on page 72 right now. It says, Dean returns, play Sunday morning. That's, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I just follow the directions. They're just, they just you hand me You do a very meticulous uh, job. Yes, they just hand me this. So uh, before we run here, I want to get a, a sense of, first of all, did you want to say hi to Andy? I was going to say uh, a happy new year to Andy and Shawnee, but I see... Yeah. Uh, Shawnee decided not to show up again this week. No, we? Shawnee. We've got uh, Ryan Burrow. Shawnee is out on the road. He's on the road again. He's uh, he's just uh, a vagabond. He's, he's a troubadour. living it up in D.C. Happy, happy New Year, uh, Andy. Happy New Year, Dean. How, I, I, is it uh, working okay there with Jim? Is there... Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. There's been a lot of tension between you two. Yeah. Uh, well, that was 2022. That was Hopefully 2022. You're able to bury yeah. the hatchet in the new year. Yeah. New, new, new year, new attitude, new everything. It's a sexual yeah. tension. I feel it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel what I just said. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. Oh, you got it! You got it! You got to have fun. How was your twenty twenty two, Dean? If you looked at it, when you look back, did you uh, did you did you have uh, more high points and low points? Um. Yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really put make a checklist. Oh, I have I'm a really, day. Oh, I have a really day. One to you know to look back and. Oh, I have a daily uh, planner. I go. I have a daily planner. You know, a, yeah. a hard copy daily planner, and I just went through it month by month, and I went, "Oh, that's right! Oh, that's right! I love doing that. I, I, I was pretty." Now, what's the what, what is the what is the productive value of that? It's nice to just remember. I I'd for, I mean, I had forgotten, for instance, even because I've taken it for granted now. I forgot I had cataract surgery. My I my my vision is so much better than it was, and I forgot that that was in April. And I was like. <gasps> I, no, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I had cataract surgery, and I was, I was, and I couldn't believe it when, uh, when, when I it was. I know you had a, I know you had a boob job, but I didn't know. Yeah, that well, you had a well that's, cataract I always have a tune-up. I mean, that's that's been going on for years. Got it tightened up a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's very little that's real. I mean, a hair. Which, by the way, uh, a boob job was Jim's nickname in high school. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> it was my radio name in college. <laughs> yeah, man, boob job in the morning. Good morning. Boy, did I have a tough uh, uh, geometry class today. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had cataract surgery. Yeah, I had cataract surgery, and I, if anybody is is ever wondering whether they don't be afraid, 
and you, you, it's amazing uh, when you will you will not realize what you haven't been seeing. I was I, I didn't even realize how cloudy and how foggy and 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 not as colorful I was seeing the world until I had this done. It took. 10 minutes for each eye. There was no complications. And right off the bat, I saw detail and color like I hadn't seen in five or six years. It was unbelievable. I, I never even knew that you had that, but you've inspired me. I don't even need cataract surgery, I, and I'm going to make an appointment I on would. Monday morning. I would. Just get your Just go in there and, and get a tune-up. because I'm going to I'm gonna go. <laughs> give, me, give me that Jim Toronto special. Yeah, could I have the... Can I have the Elton Jim cataract? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, I was. I. I, I, I had, guess. I guess if I had surgery or something, you know, maybe I'd, I'd look back or whatever. But uh, you know, the people. I think people. I guess I kind of feel like most people did about twenty twenty two. It was not the greatest year for a variety of uh, reasons. You know, COVID. Uh, you know, we just. It's certainly better than it was three years ago, but you know, people are there's still a resurgence of it. How did you feel about the Christmas? Sorry, how did you feel about the Christmas season? I didn't. I I mean, I had my stuff up early. I had it in early November, but I just I wasn't. I was trying more this year to get in the Christmas spirit. It wasn't as natural, and I don't know to your point about the year was kind of a funky, weird year with a lot of highs and lows. But I don't know. The Christmas season just seemed to 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 arrive. I I I didn't have that usual excitement, you know. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I put up my tree. I I decorated a little bit, not like you. Uh, <laughs> One day you have to come Polk, to my house. I'm, I'm looking at my Polk Brothers uh, Santa. Nice, right now. nice. Uh, I know. I I no longer put it out on my front porch. Now I put it in in the house because uh, I'm too afraid that someone will either steal it or spray graffiti on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Thank you, Mayor Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so are you looking forward to 2023 i mean uh, uh, you don't look back but do you look forward i can, yeah, I can. listen to dean I, I take one day at a time kind of person wow you really are wow i, yeah, I mean i've already I got really my am. i've already got my I, daily planner for 2023 all filled out with all the oh, my I'd be so full of stress if, <laughs> if i plan things out that much i i did i i realized uh, that my work habits and my really, really the way I sort of live my life is pretty much the way it was when I was uh, ten years old. If I had <laughs> six months to complete a homework assignment, yeah, right. I would do it the night before it was due. And I, I pretty much live my whole life that way. Uh, still, I'm a I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. I'm proudly a procrastinator. No, I love a good list. And and if anyone uh, has ever listened to the show, uh, they know clearly there's not a lot of preparation that goes into the show. <laughs> but you hide it well. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dean. i got to run you here. You know what was a highlight was the uh, Tree Time show. That, oh, that yeah. I, well, I, I actually wanted to, in my closing art, in little, little remarks to you, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the past 2020, uh, 2022 uh, for having me on the show a few times, and certainly for always inviting me to the tree time thing, we had a. To, I think that was one of the best, if not the best, that I've been uh, involved in, and we've been doing that now. At least I've been with you for seven years, and that one really was fun. So uh, yeah, thank we had, you. We had a lot of fun. That was definitely a memorable yeah. show. Um, you know, I I can honestly say I look forward to every Sunday morning show and 
hanging out with uh, Shawnee and Andy. And when when you're there, it's always fun. And talking to the guest, Dr. Most, is pretty much a regular on the show uh, now. Uh, you know, so and and I, you know, look forward to you know interacting with the listeners and the viewers and uh, you know it's, uh, so let's let's look look to that let's let's look to you know happy happy days ahead making one day better than the next but don't plan too far ahead because it'll <laughs> completely stress me out <laughs> well thank you dean uh finish the uh, whatever are remaining late yes you are thanks to you i am thank you uh, fix that i also <laughs> wanted to mention <laughs> no. a few other okay dean thank you so much dean it is a beautiful day. It's the first day, 2023. Happy Sunday. Happy New Year. Jim Toronto, Elton Jim, filling in for Dean Richards. But listen anyway, I promised myself I would not play New Year's Day by U2. But I still had to play some U2, so that's why I'm playing this one. But yeah, why, not... would, Are you banning that song? You don't like it? Well, it's a little, it's a little cliched, I think. It's too easy. You know, I like to, I like to do a little, I like the beaten path, you know, or the offbeat. The offbeat. I, yeah, okay. the offbeat. Gotcha. Path. I gotcha. like the road less traveled. A little too obvious. Yeah, it's, you know, it's that. New Year's Day. Everyone's going to play that. So, I mean, I did play All Lang Syne, but I had a reason for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure today, if you listen to radio, you're going to hear uh, New Year's Day, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with New Year's Day. It's a different, the, the, the connotation of the song is completely different than for New Year's Day, but. Regardless. Nothing changes on New Year's Day. Yeah. All's quiet. All's quiet. If you walk away, walk away. I will walk away, walk away. I will follow. Yeah, in fact, you too um, was inducted into the, uh, or not inducted, but they were awarded the uh, the Kennedy uh, Center Honors. I don't know if you saw that show this, this past week. It was a really well-produced show and some uh, great performances. Uh Chicago area's own Eddie Vedder appeared uh, and sang a couple of U2 songs for their, to be honored, uh, George Clooney was honored, as was um, Gladys Knight, uh, and a few other people. It was a really good show, but it was it was cool to see uh, U2 there. Um, I think Schwanee said he was going to go to the Kennedy Center. Oh, really? As, oh, as a stop-off? Just, just yeah, just to go visit. Yeah, it's well, really I think cool that was there. recorded uh, earlier in the in the. Um, in the month, so oh, I don't okay. know if it was live. But in fact, uh, earlier, uh, about a month and a half or so ago, I, I saw Bono uh, at the Chicago Theater. He just put out a, uh, uh, his autobiography called Surrender. And he was doing kind of a, a quasi-book tour and concert. And it was at the Chicago Theater. And so he uh, it was about a two-hour show, and he mixed in excerpts from his book, uh, with songs that you would know that uh, related to these different chapters and these different um, little episodes in his life and his uh, relationship with his dad. And it was very reminiscent of Bruce Springsteen's uh, Broadway show of a few years ago uh, when he was on Broadway because he had just written an autobiography as well and then uh, did a one-man show. And Bono had two or three accompanists, uh, but uh, but just very low-key, all-acoustic uh a cello and uh, some keyboards and things like that. It was a very powerful show and a chance to see someone of uh, Bono's uh, magnitude. And, you know, some people really love you too. Some people don't. Uh, Bono can be much at times, but um, there's no question that the guy can tell the story. And there's no question that he has uh, charisma. And in a small theater like that, what, two or 3,000 seats, 
it was uh, it was pretty powerful when he came out. Just uh, he he certainly had the uh, the crowd in. Um, did he wear sunglasses? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he talked about. I don't know how much uh, Ryan you know about uh, you or two or not, but a few years ago there was always these mystery this these mysterious stories that he had some kind of a, a very serious ailment that could have been fatal and he had gotten in a in a bike accident and but that wasn't it uh and there was always this this mystery in the last album they put out there was a lot of songs about mortality and um it turned out i don't know if he ever uh exposed this or uh or talked about this before but now it was it's obviously in his book so he talked about it on stage but he had a, he was born with a very serious heart defect and apparently, uh, about four or five years ago, he had to have some major, major open heart surgery to correct that. And so apparently, he he was uh, very close, um, you know, to some serious ramifications from that. So uh, that was interesting, just to get that little insight. Um, but uh, does I, he love Chicago? Did he did he talk about his time in Chicago? How much he loves it? Because that's what you do when you're. Oh yeah. Oh, I love everybody loves Chicago. They love Chicago. They love. They also love Ames, Iowa. Yeah. So yep. okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got it. The, the key is to listen. If there's some specific place they go to, they'll mention it. If if you don't hear a specific place, I like to go to this restaurant or stay at this hotel. Otherwise, it's just a generic blanket. Yeah. No, no, no. In fact, I, I'm trying to remember now that you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. There was something, and now I, I'm, I'm forgetting it, but there was actually uh, some kind of an event that was tied to Chicago that was fairly uh, significant. Now I wish I could I mean, could they play. That. The thing about U2 is they're one of those Soldier Field bands. I mean, if they're coming, they're up there with Coldplay, right? They're, they're the ones who will fill up Soldier Field. Taylor Swift. Well, I've been a fan for a long time, and I was lucky enough to see them right on the cusp of them going from a cult band to a huge superstar band. I saw them at the UIC Pavilion, which is I don't even think that's the name of it anymore, uh, but, you know, right off the Eisenhower there. Uh, that's a smaller arena, you know, maybe 10,000. And I remember seeing them there. I think the, Unforbet- the Unforgettable Fire album had just come out. So the Joshua Tree with all the big hits hadn't come out yet. But once again, I saw the way they were playing the crowd, and the crowd was just enamored. You could see that this was not just a concert. This was a almost like a religious experience. The, 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 the fans were so into this band, and Bono played that up. I remember he, he went off, off the stage and went into the crowd and walked amongst the, the, uh, you know, the crowd, like on the second level. It was, out, it was off the charts. And I, I remember leaving that show, and this was, like I said, mid-'80s, and I said, okay, these guys are going to be huge. That doesn't just happen every day. And sure enough, the next year they played at, um, at Live Aid and, and, and really had one of the more uh, you know, famous performances. Obviously, Queen did an amazing job at Live Aid, but, uh, but U2 did as well. That really helped to uh, establish them, and then they came out with the Joshua Tree album and everything. The rest was history. But, um, but anyway, I'm looking back at... Uh, at 2022 and i I actually i was saying a little stuff with dean i do have this daily planner of mine i love a paper daily planner i've had them for the last five or six years in fact when i was here at at wgn full-time they used to give us those for free and so i i loved it and i'm very organized so i would always you know fill that in and uh and then it got to be a a regular thing and i've kept like the last seven eight nine years of my daily planners i don't always look at them 
but every so often, if I if I'm I'm forgetting about a date or an event, I will go back. I certainly went back just this past year. As I said, I had forgotten about a few things, and um, I went back and went, oh yeah, that's that's not bad. So I don't know if you look back. Um, I I don't mind looking back at the past. I always try to look forward. As I said, now I've already got my 2023 daily planner. I ordered that in November. (laughs) I am a little anal. Uh, (laughs) I ordered that in November, and there's some things you can plan for. Oh, absolutely. That first quarter, all of a sudden, people are like, hey, can you be here in March? And it's like, oh, yeah, but I don't know where to put it down. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, in fact, I had had like haircut appointments and some doctor's appointments, and you get that little card, and then you're like, like you said, I have nowhere to, to, to put it. So now I'm all happy. So in November... I, uh, I, first of all, I don't know if it's, if these, if these daily planners, I mean, you know, most people now they live off their, their smartphone, but I'm, I'm still very tactile. I like, I like to touch things right now. I've got my script here, the 78 pages. And, uh, you know, I'm reading off of that because this show is very scripted, but, um, but so I, I like to have this book. I like going in and turning pages and, and I love putting X marks when the day is over and, uh, but yeah, so I mean, you could put, there are some things that you can plan for. I mean, there's birthdays and anniversaries, and as I said before, different appointments you have. You might have some vacations that are planned far in advance. So there are some things that you can go through month by month and, uh, and put in your daily planner. So this way, like right now, my daily planner, when I get home, I mean, January 1st, boom, I'm hitting the ground running. It's already there. The 2022 was put away after midnight. And now, uh, you know, January 1st, we're ready to go. But, um, but I, I always am excited for the amount of empty blocks and empty spaces. Yeah, I've got a few things in every month kind of filled in. We've got a vacation coming up and things like that. And, and as I said before, birthdays and anniversaries and things like that. But then I think what's really kind of cool about having this daily planner, and it is something that you could touch and feel and turn the pages is that all those other boxes are empty. And, and so you never know what's going to happen. And so that's what kind of makes the year interesting. And I always look at, at a new year as kind of a, a, another blank sheet, another open page of our, of the book of our life. And so, you know, it's up to us to, to, to fill those pages. Uh, that empty page that we have with paragraphs of of events that become cool experiences and hopefully then become cool memories. And so while I have some of those boxes filled in on my daily planner, there's more boxes that aren't. And I look at that as kind of a challenge. Look, uh, life happens, right? So we have no idea. If you would have told me, Jan- if you would have asked me January 1st, about some of the things that happened to me throughout 2022, I would never have imagined them. Many of the cool things that happened to me during the year, I had no idea those were going to happen, and yet they did. And so, once again, we look forward and we just say, okay, uh, we've got some things planned, and then the rest, we'll just see what life brings. But at the same time, I don't think you should be passive as well, especially here. We were talking earlier with Dr. Kevin Most about making micro resolu- uh, revo- uh, resolutions. But I also think that, you know, we get this, this open page to fill every year with memories and experiences. And that's our responsibility because, as I said before, life will happen. But I, uh, but I also think that we can make life matter as well by 
filling those empty boxes in. So, you know, I don't, I'm not big on resolutions. We said before they get broken or anyway, and things like that. But what I am up, uh, what I up, uh, what I am interested in is, um, is looking at every day and every week and every month as an opportunity and a challenge to fill it with some interesting things, cool experiences that hopefully become life memories so that when you do take a look back in December of this year, and you, when, I, when I page through starting in January and going through those, the, the 12 months that will be 2023, I'll be, yeah, Okay, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was fun. Oh, my gosh, I forgot that was this year. You think you would remember something that happened this year. But four, five, six months ago, sometimes feels like it was five years ago. So, yes, uh, it might be a little outdated, if you will, to have a daily planner. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's always helpful. So do whatever you can do. Uh, to get out there and fill those empty boxes, fill those empty pages of the new new empty page we have for 2023. Fill it up with new stories, new paragraphs, new experiences, and hopefully new memories. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning, but listen anyway. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Happy New Year. Don't forget, right after this in the news at 11, and you've got to, you've got to stay tuned for uh, Hamp and OB giving their amazing preview of uh, today's Bears game with the Lions. At the beginning of the year, this Lions game probably would have been uh, an easy W. Oh, yeah, the Bears will beat the, the Lions, but now this is going to be a tough game. And uh, one of the reasons why I think uh, the Hamp and OB show is one of the best shows on the radio is they, I just, I love to listen to it every week because they are one of the few sports shows in this city that just tell it like it is. Um, they don't, they don't try to, uh, to soft soap. They don't try to, uh, to spin things. So many shows on television and the radio, um, you know, hey, look, Chicago is a bear town. There's a lot of of tradition and of fans love to talk about it they live and die with this this uh with this team uh media outlets certainly have revenue tied to it you know post-game shows pre-game shows and everybody wants to keep uh the optimism going and i think what's great about hamp and ob is you know to me you are a true fan if you do criticize your team so often People that think that if you're a, 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 a fan, you can't criticize. You always have to, you always have to pump things up and look for the good side. I believe, and I'll, I'm not against that, but why, why I love Hamp and OB so much is they are fans. They want the team to get good. They don't want mediocrity and they point it out. So bear fans, uh, you know, I love you, but, uh, but you've, you've been taking this for, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Ronald Reagan was president the last time the Bears won a Super Bowl. Ronald Reagan's been dead for 18 years. And he was the president at that time. So hopefully today we'll see. But uh, this is no easy game against the Lions. And then, of course, they've got uh, Minnesota the next week. Next week. But uh, don't forget, right after the news at 11, Hamp and OB, right here at WGN AM. Um, was I, I was just uh, kind of reviewing 2020. Two and looking forward to uh, to 2023. I just wanted to go over a few housekeeping uh, p- 
points here too. If you listen to me at all regularly on when I do some fill-ins or even on my podcast here at WGNRadio.com, uh, uh, you know that uh, I still send out Christmas cards. Maybe one of the few. A lot of people send e-cards. A lot of people send emails or texts. I still like, once again, I said I'm tactile. I like to touch things. So I still, my wife and I still send out Christmas cards every year. And uh, about four or five years ago, I, I noticed that we weren't get, we were sending out quite a few. At one time, we were sending out over 100 and something. And we've begun to, to pare down that list. And, uh, but I was noticing we, were, we weren't getting certainly as many as we were sending out. And especially nowadays, the cards are expensive and, and postage is expensive. And maybe, like I said, some people are just into to more electronic technology kind of things or just sending a little note. So I didn't know if Christmas cards were becoming a little passe. So I came up with this, this new system. I said, well, okay, next year, if this year, for instance, we, if we're going to say this year, for instance, we sent out 30 or 62 cards. So my new system that I uh, implemented about four or five years ago is we have to receive at least half plus one. That's the way laws are, too. You know, it's always plus one, majority plus one. So if, let me just take, take it from there. So my thing was, uh, you have, we, if we, don't, we have to get half plus one, or you know what, we're not going to send out Christmas cards the next year. So for the last four or five years since we've... In, you know, and look, I don't make these up rules. I just have to follow them. I mean, I, you know, these are these are rules that are established. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't do this. I mean, I, once again, I'm, I'm a half, I'm a half full guy. Very positive. <clears throat> anyway, but uh, so it was, it's been very close the last every year. It's very close. And there's another special rule on this. You have to get those those um, Christmas cards by Christmas. So there's no mail on Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve, whatever, if I get seven cards on December 28th, they don't count in the official tally. It's the cards that come in by Christmas. And every year, it's kind of close. And then on by the 23rd, and sometimes even on Christmas Eve, a big uh, influx of cards come in, and we, we, we top the half mark. This year... We went right down to the deadline. In fact, I have to say that I'm kind of fudging my own rules here. We sent out 62 cards, so I would need to get 31 plus 1. So we need to get 32 cards. On Christmas Eve, we only had 31. So we were one card short. So I was like, well, don't buy cards. Don't buy cards next year. No more stamps. But then... Because Christmas fell on a Sunday, there was no mail on Monday, so we didn't get mail until Tuesday. So even though it was the 27th, we got five cards in the 27th, which puts us over. And I said, you know, because remember how it was so cold? We didn't get even mail on Christmas Eve. So I'm wondering if maybe our our postal worker didn't come out because it was so cold. If you remember, it was really cold. So just as a little update, I'm fudging my own rules because we did get five or six cards, even it was past the deadline. So don't worry, folks. If you were on my list, you will be getting a card next year. Even though I'm fudging the rules, the Christmas card quota has been met. I did have to fudge the rules, but 
we're, we'll take it this year. But next year, I'm not going to be that nice. <laughs> As we look to 2023, I just wanted to end the show by saying, uh, on a big scale, gosh, I hope to gosh, we get done with this uh, this crazy war in Ukraine. Uh, it's um, it's really, It's been going on for almost a year now. February will be one year. So hopefully, things will... Uh, on a, on a negotiated basis, this will this will end in 2023. And on a personal note, I have to say that a very dearly beloved member of uh, of my family had a very tough health diagnosis just around Thanksgiving. And uh, so, in 2023, my hope for 2023 is that uh, that Joe is going to beat this. We love you. We are rooting for you, and we are there for you. So, beat this, Joe. I'm Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards. Have a great Sunday. Have a great 2023. And I hope we talk soon.